Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. I'm Zoe Cunningham. Today we're going to be talking about CSR. I'm joined by Softwire's CSR officers, Alana and Jake. Could I ask you to do a quick introduction to yourselves and maybe including an interesting fact about you? So my name's Alana. I joined, well we both joined CSR three months ago now, just a month after I started. I have lived in nine countries. That is very interesting. (laughs) Which was your favorite? Jordan, by far. Yeah, I love Jordan. Why, why is that? I think as a kid, it's just so different to what I'd experienced before and it was so adventurous. Mm-hmm. And I just had a fantastic time going about in the outdoors, really. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun. My name is Jake. I, I joined Software in January. We started CSR, yeah, like Alana said a few months ago. I'm taking the adventurous task of learning a new language, French, which is proving increasingly difficult. So that's something interesting twice a week four and a half hours a week which turns out when you have a full-time job is quite difficult mm, so a big undertaking and because you kind of have to keep putting more effort in don't you it's all it's all very well going oh yeah. bonjour now I can speak French but actually to be able to co- be conversational yeah and after you know eight and a half hours ish of work having to like pay really close attention to what this teacher is saying is quite hard and tiring yeah Yeah. especially when she doesn't really speak English because that's not what she does yeah Mm. well no French today Uh, (laughs) on today's podcast we're going to be discussing CSR in the workplace how does that work what does that mean for the employees and does it have an impact on clients and the first question I want to ask is CSR it's three letters there's going to definitely be some people listening who don't haven't heard those three letters before so what does it stand for and what and what does it mean well what it stands for is corporate social responsibility and some people also say just CR which is corporate responsibility and it it means basically what it says which is that the business has a continuing commitment to improving not only the lives of the people working in the company but also trying to make a positive impact on their community through different initiatives, giving back, essentially. Yeah, so it's kind of taken for granted that the company's got a duty to its clients and its employees, and this is saying actually more broadly than that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. When you don't have a CSR officers, for example, those kind of responsibilities can get lost. And I think every company knows that they have their responsibilities, but at the end of the day, it's really good to have a CSR direct initiative to actually make sure that the company are are putting in you know efforts to better life in and out of the company do you think as a private sector company i would say all private sector companies should have a continuing responsibility to give to give back and it might be different in in a government organization where there's maybe less resources involved but given that private sector company like such as software we're lucky enough to have the opportunity to make quite matter of fact we make enough money to be able to put some of that stuff back into um, you know doing good for the world and I think every company that does that makes that sort of money should do that so I mean companies used to talk more about like charitable giving or doing things for charity and CSR is kind of like a relatively new term does it just mean doing things for charity or is it broader than that definitely broader I can't speak for everybody but my view is that is taking the resources that we have 
and using that to make the biggest amount of impact, no matter what that is. So it could mean supporting a charity or it could mean, like the tech industry is a really good example, it could mean, you know, diversity, like fostering diversity within the tech world because that's an ongoing problem. There's a lot of stigma out there that says there's, you know, mainly white male in tech and that's something Mm -hmm. that we're looking at, not only changing that but also changing the perception of that as well. So, Mm -hmm. So definitely CSR covers, like, more than charitable giving we focus on things like the environment as well like it's not just about giving to charity definitely I think we've been one of the things we've been thinking about doing for a while now that we're planning is a kind of clean-up day so it's not necessarily for a charity but to involve a lot of people in going to a place to clean it up it's good to clean up the environment the local area so yeah definitely not just focused around specific charitable organizations it's more of that idea of a social responsibility to anything that creates a good impact yeah so that's really interesting as well because what I kind of heard in both of your answers there is actually it's about being local to the organization and actually looking at what the organization does and what is relevant to that organization so for example going somewhere presumably local to the business to clean up and actually looking at issues that are close topic-wise to the business rather than just trying to do good. Yeah, but I wouldn't rule out or I wouldn't, like, just focus locally. Yeah. Local is obviously probably the easiest remit for us. We work with Homestart Camden, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Homestart that's, Camden. Yeah, and that's obviously within our local area, so we can provide quite a lot of value there. But Ashanti is a good example of actually doing a lot of good for somewhere that's in Ghana. So clean water and sanitation for disadvantaged communities in, in Ghana. Right, so it's local and global. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah, local and global. Um, well, you started to touch on it there. So can you talk me through some of the CSR activities that Software undertakes? Yeah, so I think to cleanly put it, we have four different focuses throughout the year. And those are pro bono and volunteering work fundraising and diversity and then educational outreach educational outreach and diversity kind of come hand in hand because the way in which we try and improve diversity is through educational outreach it makes more sense to encourage and inspire younger people and also earlier on if you're doing educational outreach then you want to address it to a diverse audience exactly exactly yeah so those kind of four focuses that we have as csr offices that kind of dictates what we do in our activities around CSR. Well, tell me a bit about each area then. So for pro bono work and volunteering, all of our staff members get a volunteering holiday every year where they can organise for themselves or themselves and a group of people to do something. That will usually be in the local community just because in terms of travelling there. (laughs) But... For example, recently there was a volunteering day just to go to to help a home that was for people with disabilities. We went just for the day to garden and to garden with them. So it's simple activities like that that make a nice impact, I think, on both the community and ourselves. And then the pro bono work that we do is mainly we have summer internships so there'll be a group of interns coming in every summer and they split into groups and then in those groups they work on a project that is a pro bono project for a charity 
So usually because the work is smaller, they do it for free. So this year we had a lot of interesting kind of charity projects that they were focusing on, one of which was called Joy, which was for a charity called Age UK, where they basically made an online system for the clients and also for the the employees of the organisation to organise for elder people to sign up to activities and to list their hobbies so that they can match them to different activities in their local community to combat isolation in, in older generations in the UK. So that's one of the pro bono kind of activities yeah. that we did this that's, year. That's great. And so there's basically 30 software developers working on projects for free. Is that something that's quite expensive for software to do? Like, why does software do it? We, we get the interns, obviously, so that we can sort of see how they do and potentially offer them a job. So there's obviously a certain amount of time that we're giving towards training them anyway. I think the ethos behind using a pro bono or a small bit of charitable work to to use as a subject or a um, as a medium for training them is probably more risk averse, like less potential for risk and for accidentally making a mistake on a on like say the BBC or something like that. Right, so, so it's better yeah. for them to to learn. But yeah, there is a cost involved because we obviously have tech leads and people that have worked for the company for quite a long time, helping manage their time and training them and stuff like that. So I think either way, there is a cost involved with software dedicating time to that. But it's a really neat idea, though, if you've got people who kind of need to do something to train. Yeah, they need to train on a project, and maybe they're not ready to work on a kind of full blown client project. And then finding these pieces of software that need to be built yeah. and can help the world, but maybe can't become full-paying projects. Like, I think exactly. it's a really neat kind of match-up. Yeah. Is it hard to find those kind of projects to work on? I think we're basically, sides are splitting with the amount of charitable people <laughs> yeah. that, like, contact us. Every, everybody within software is quite like, oh, let's work with this charity or, like, I've got yeah. this idea. So we don't really have a shortage of yeah. that sort of thing. There's still some campaigning involved. So my day job <laughs> is uh, working in the sales and marketing department. So we do do some campaigning around that time of year to make sure that we get a good number of different charities that we haven't worked with before. Because often it's easy to fall within working with the same flagship charities year in and year mm-hmm. out, which is great because it means we're providing them with loads of support and that's going to make a huge long-term impact but it's also good to try and spread those resources out so we do reach out and and we have had I think this year we have had a few new charities to work with definitely. So uh, tell me a bit about fundraising then. We do quite a bit for fundraising we do everything from individual employees running their own charitable events such as say somebody wants to do a, a run or a walk for charity or something like that software will they'll obviously raise their own money could be 500 could be a thousand pounds whatever the case might may be and they donate that to the charity we have a policy whereby we match it up to 500 pounds for per individual event so that's a potential thousand for every individual event yeah so software will go oh, here's 500 pounds that contribute to the charity we also have a separate matching budget for other software run fundraising events such as we do a quiz and we do charity auction and I'm missing probably there's heaps of other stuff that we've done that I haven't had the 
the privilege of being of, a part of, yeah. yeah but we do lots of like music events. We've got yeah, one coming up, Rock Rock, Rock Talk. We've got a very musical company, so we often do musical kind of related like things, gig based fundraising, which is yeah. quite fun. We had open mic night as well. Well, a good example is for the, I guess, for the events that we put on, such as the charity auction, you know, everybody within Softwire, and I think there's a 130 to 150 at least in London, you know, a group of us will donate things to the charity auction and then we'll sell those things and that money will go to charity and then Softwire will match that money. And we had... I think this year was this year was two charities, so we basically split down the middle between the two charities, gave that money to them. The open mic night, whatever is raised from ticket sales, whatever the case may be, will be matched by Softwire. We have our annual party as well, and the tickets are £10, and that money is raised and goes to charity, and then we match that. But then we also have Charity Saturdays as well, which we've had one recently where... Basically what happens is anyone that has a billable time, such as um, such as myself, might do work on Saturday. We have somebody that manages Charity Saturday and they'll have a selection of charities that they will choose that money to go to. And what happens is, is that anyone with a, with a billable day rate will come in and do work on a Saturday and then that money will go to, to a charity that has been selected before the Charity Saturday. So if I'm working on a client, I'll come in on Saturday and do that work for the client and then my day rate will go to a dedicated charity. That's So this last Charity Saturday, we had five different charities and you could choose if you wanted to for 20% of your day rate to go to each, for example. So you can split it up however you want. And that's also the money that is taken from your day rate is the gross, gross earnings for that day rate. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the client just gets an extra day of work as if people just work a six day week and they just pay for an extra day. But then software, rather than using that money to fund the business, they donate all of it straight to charity. Exactly. Yeah. Great. We also have payroll giving as well, which is a certain amount of percentage or money out of your monthly wages before tax can be donated to a charity of your choosing. Yeah, that's actually probably one of our most most lucrative ways of fundraising. Because it makes it easy, I guess, for people. Exactly. Yeah. It means it's, it's a recurring kind of donation every month. Mm. And I think quite a lot of people are fairly dedicated to actually giving up both their time and money, it seems, in software to... Yeah help charities in which they you can choose also the charity in which you prefer to support out of a a list so if you have a passion to support something that you want to support we would definitely facilitate that it's not about so we don't actually have a charity of the year let's say like a lot of businesses have just because we we do have some flagship charities which we always have as an option for people to use to donate to for their own charity saturdays or payroll giving but if there was an initiative that someone is particularly passionate about then we're not gonna stop them from supporting that and that's quite interesting because it's a bit like the matching as well it's about seeing what people are doing already exactly and supporting them to do that and increasing the impact of that rather than saying well as a as a business we're going to support this charity and everyone has to do that we definitely want our fellow colleagues to feel empowered as well it's not just about impact on the outside world but we want people to feel like they have a say in what they'd like to do and yeah they feel empowered to do so amazing and you probably get more benefit from doing it that way definitely because mm. then people want to be more involved and yeah 
Cool. So how about education and outreach? Well, I think the two kind of biggest case studies that we have in terms of recurring things that we offer in terms of educational outreach and also in conjunction to that diversity is we host uh, Code First Girls, which is basically an organisation that, a social enterprise, that teaches girls to code, essentially. Okay. It's a course over an eight-week period and during that eight weeks, there's a number of tech companies that, that host them and you split into different groups. So we're hosting Code First Goals this year again. And it's a great opportunity because they come in, we provide some trainers and then Code First Goals provides some other trainers. And then together, it's a two-hour lesson once a week for eight weeks. And the purpose of Code First Goals is to basically encourage for there to be more gender diversity in the workplace because it is as jake said earlier a very male dominated industry so we're really trying to encourage women to be interested in and have the opportunity to learn about code i think a lot of the education system not just in the uk in many places doesn't necessarily encourage those kind of more technical studies whether it's conscious or unconscious or subconscious Mm. for women so it's great that there is a separate thing that that we can help to host and and help with the training for and they can start to to build the actual skills that they'll need Mm. in a job exactly and then they can use that to potentially further that and maybe apply for further education in that area if they if they enjoy it so much so we kind of hope to inspire them as well to go into it if, if they really enjoy it. Mm. We also work with Inspire, which are a group that bring together different groups of kids from all local schools, basically, from an elementary school level. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just a group of kids that come in for the day and we give them tours of the office and we do a couple of fun workshops that aren't, aren't too you know, overly technical And they have a lot of fun kind of getting involved in it. And it is, as the name suggests, it's meant to inspire younger people at an elementary school level to think like, wow, that would be really cool when I, I, you know, go into high school, let's say, or or A-levels, you call it here? (laughs) Sorry, Australian. (laughs) Maybe I'd like to do something like that. So it's, it's trying, again, to encourage as many different kinds of kids to want to yeah, to want to work more in this kind of industry. Mm. I think there's a definite, well, maybe not so much these days, but there there was a definite sort of, I don't know if stigma is the right word, around the type of people that work in tech, and that kind of almost goes down to people of a really younger age. So yeah. I guess earlier that we can get them, the earlier that we can go, like, no, no, everybody can do this job, everybody can work in tech, it makes it better for everyone because then those people don't go to... We don't hire the same type of person from the same university who went to the same school. Yeah. You know, so like if you start down the at same that level, area. Yeah. Same. It's, and, I, and I suppose what you're really doing is opening up the opportunity to like experience the workplace that maybe you wouldn't unless your parents happen to work in it or. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So like almost in a similar way as, you know, back in the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, it's unfortunate to say that everybody thought that a wife's place was in the kitchen it'd be like changing that perception for for younger men and women and people of all walks of life in tech yeah fantastic so let's chat a bit about what this means to like the employees of software 
Is it something that changes how they feel about the company? Does it does it make them kind of prouder to be a part of it? Or is it just something that they want to do anyway and it's great that the company supports it? I think there's definitely, not just with CSR, but there's a definite high level of trust between Softwire and its employees. And there's a high level of respect between Softwire and its employees. And it's things like CSR and it's things like all of the events that we that we put on. It's things like, you know, there's morale and there's other stuff like that that contribute how that relationship is and it's a really like sort of precious uh, solid relationship that software has with its employees and it's it is stuff like CSR that helps that and it's the those values like you know we care about this and we care about our employees and we and you know we care about giving back to the community and that that I think really helps that so that then the employees don't see Softwire as this organization that grinds their employees to the bone doesn't really care about their well-being you know I feel like these sorts of things definitely help with I guess the morale levels within the company from that perspective I think as well an important thing that we try and encourage is that everyone does have a voice about what what they'd like to do that is CSR related and because CSR is just a social responsibility that could be anything it doesn't have to be related to a specific charitable cause So we have a number of working groups where we meet every month and discuss it. So two of them that I frequently attend is the diversity working group and the mental health working group. So those are two really important groups that are very CSR related because it is about our responsibility, not only to the outside world, but to the people within our company. And I think those working groups gives a great opportunity for anyone in the company to attend and either just sit there and listen to what is happening at the moment or to contribute ideas of what they'd like to see more in the company I think we really try and make sure that everyone feels like they they actually have a say about what's going on here and what they would like to support and I think that's so empowering and we often have people come out to us and saying I'd love to go and do this and we're like that's fantastic like it, it almost kind of as officers I kind of feel like a lot of our job is just saying yes do it because like i feel like that that's basically it's very difficult it. to say no because it's not yeah. like challenging to be able to be like well at the end of the day we have we're custodians of a budget and we're responsible for providing value Impact. in the best way that we can yeah and unfortunately that means that we might have to say no we can't work with this particular charity or no we can't run this thing because it doesn't really fall within the lines of csr so but it is kind of hard to say no a lot of yeah I think often we want to give them most of the opportunity in which they they want to explore I just think it sets up a really great environment between us and and everyone and 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 the people we're working with on the outside as well right so obviously for the employees they are actually involved in what you're doing how do you think it kind of affects clients I think similar to what I was saying before about our values that definitely sort of if they're aware that we do things like this then it definitely sort of to put it in lay terms gives gives us extra brownie points so like oh you know we're working with an ethical organization who cares about all of this stuff and they care about their employees and their employees have not got some ulterior motive and right you know that kind of thing so it definitely 
carries through to the client and there isn't a layer of smoke and mirrors there like there might be with other professional agencies or there's you know less of that because they can clearly see that Softwire is a you know, an ethical organisation who cares about the environment, who cares about giving back to the community, who care about their employees, like these are good people to work for. Yeah. Um, th- and, you know, if you were to have a, you know, mild disagreement with a, with a client, then it's, you know, easy for them to remember that you know, we're not there to screw them over. It's not our goal to do that. It's, you know, that's not within our values and it's CSR and morale and things like that that kind of contribute to that perception. Definitely. I feel. I think more and more as well, other companies are making it actually a part of their policy to actually work with companies that do have a strong yeah. ethical drive to provide a positive impact. And I think in us having our CSR activities and initiatives and, and driving that, that and encouraging that in the workplace amongst all of our employees... I think then it, it just yeah it just increases our chances of working with other companies in which we also relate to because if you're a company who works ethically, you also want to work with clients who work ethically. It works both ways. I think it's not just we need to make sure that we're doing great things, but we'd also like <laughs> for them to be doing great things. It works both ways, and I think. I think that definitely comes across also in the fact that a happy workplace makes for a happy, often happy client and developer or project manager relationship. Just yeah. because if they're confident in their company and they're proud of their company, then that definitely comes across in meetings and throughout the project, I think, because they mm-hmm. can tell that their pride, I think, is a form of confidence as well. Yeah, I think think that really helps. It can almost be the, well, I can say almost without a doubt that it's probably sometimes the tipping point between, say, software and another agency that doesn't have those sorts of values to be like, oh, well, we don't want to work with that agency because they don't have those sorts of values. I can imagine that that would be a conversation internally with the client. Like, oh, that's with work with software because they've got these values and that's great. The thing that I've noticed working in, you know, a few different organisations who maybe don't have those sorts of values is that because Softwire has started with those values and has started with a very clear sort of morale-focused and employee-focused and ethical-focused kind of value set from the very beginning, it's something that has permeated through everything that we have done. Not like we've had a change in tact and we've done this later on. That would take years and years to probably get that to filter through to the... It's It's been a constant flow of good vibes from the company through its employees and to the client. And like you said, Alana, that's something that is very visible as opposed to somebody that works for a professional agency or, or an organisation that doesn't have those values. And it's, it's I don't know, it's like a je ne sais quoi, like an intangibility. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> Is your French, your French lessons I coming would, out? I would use that. I would use that in English anyway. Yeah. But it's like a, an intangible feeling that you get, either for the better or for the, for the worse. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Alana and Jake. It's really heartening to hear that businesses are just starting to become more well-rounded organizations that that care about things beyond just making money exactly yeah so thanks so much no problem thank you you're welcome